0: All right, this week on the One More Pass podcast. I know it's a week late. Gosh, I'm sorry guys. Just real life's taken over. I mean, everything's fine. Just gigs are picking back up. It's great. But we have our thoughts on the NFL draft and Tim Tebow. I can't wait to hear what Joey has to say about this. So, uh, let's get it going. One More Pass. Let's go. Welcome back to the One More Pass Podcast. You can follow us at One More Pass on Instagram, at One More Pass on Twitter, onemorepasspot at gmail.com. And guys, I'm so sorry. We had no episode last week, just ran into some uh, difficult scheduling with myself. I apologize to Joey and Rob, even though everybody knows they've been giving me shit for the past week. But hey, Tours are coming back. Gigs are coming back. Real life's starting to sneak back in, folks. It's great. But, um, yeah, let's get going with the pod. We had the uh, 2021 draft, and, man, in Cleveland, it looked unreal. Massive crowds. I felt a little bit uncomfortable. I mean, I must admit, with uh, just, like, the massive crowd that they had there, I didn't realize it was going to be that big and that blown out, but, I mean, it was pretty cool to see everybody there for that. And uh, I'm just kind of bummed that old Goodell just wasn't hammered in his basement um, like last year's, but uh, yeah, I mean, like it was pretty awesome to uh, see the draft. And uh, I think I'm pretty happy with my Panthers. I can't wait to hear what Joey and Rob have to say about their respective teams, but uh, yeah, let's get it going. Joey Sanchez. What did you think about the uh, 2021 draft?
1: Big shocker over here. I absolutely loved the draft. (laughs) I love watching it. Um, I love following along. I love the coverage. Uh, I loved all of it. I thought the NFL did a great job. It was so good to see people there, people in Cleveland, um, especially when you start getting into the you know, third, fourth rounds and on, and there's still people there going nuts uh, when they hear a pick announced as if they know who it is. Um I loved it. uh the most annoying part to me was the house band. Well, actually, a couple of annoying uh parts Kings of Leon. maybe if the draft was in two thousand eleven, that would have been a good choice, but I didn't get them being there. um I also felt like they played like fifteen songs. I saw a lot of that going around on Twitter. seemed like people maybe weren't thrilled about that um that kind of drove me crazy a little bit also the house band kind of playing in between picks and going up. I, I guess if you were there watching it live, um, you know, it might be nice to, to have some music there, but that could be the jaded musician. I mean, that nine out of 10 times will prefer to have a uh, quiet instead of, uh, music, especially cover bands playing in the background. Um, but I absolutely, I loved it. I, I, enjoyed every second of it. I watched just about every second of it. In fact, my wife, I, I think when I told her on Friday night, I was going to be watching it. She said, okay. And then I needed to do some stuff around the house. And I said, I was going to try to get some stuff in the yard done before the draft started on Saturday. And the look in her eyes basically said, uh, it's still going. And I was like, uh, yep. Yep. Still going. So, uh, of course I have to give you my thoughts on Denver's draft first. Uh, I really, really liked it. Um, the two hours leading up to the draft when it was looking like for a while there, really for pretty solid 45 minutes to an hour that a deal for Aaron Rodgers was done, man, that was, that was so friggin' exciting. I know I had been texting you guys and I was losing my mind at the possibility that it was actually going to happen, um, it was also equally frustrating to see that, number one, it didn't happen, not just because of that, but just to see the way that reporters seem to stumble over themselves in an attempt to be the first one to announce something, uh, whether that ends up being true or not. That was frustrating. It was seeming to snowball, and it really at one point was like, oh, my God, this is going to this is gonna actually happen. So we're going to do this. We're going to have a quarterback uh, figure it out. And uh, then we're going to be able to, you know, Denver's just going to be able to draft from that point on, knowing the quarterback situation is taken care of. It didn't come to be. I have a lot more thoughts on that. I'll save that for the next weeks to follow. I think that's a really interesting story, um, and I really do think that Denver's a front runner in landing Aaron Rodgers should he should he leave Green Bay. Uh, but back to the draft. Um, I love Denver's draft. I was. Thought for sure, probably would have lost money. I thought for sure they were going to take Justin Fields when he was still available. I ended up taking Patrick Sertan, which I really like the pick. And honestly, the fact that they didn't take Fields uh, makes me think that they feel pretty confident about uh, about landing Aaron Rodgers. Um, how does it feel to be Drew Lock right now in that quarterback room as you saw them go and get Teddy Bridgewater, the Aaron Rodgers drama before the draft? Uh, I guess maybe makes them feel a little bit better that they that they passed on Fields, but I was excited about Fields. I'm just kind of looking down the the first round. Um, San Francisco they they went for it with Trey Lance. I mean, uh, number three pick. I guess they're in a they're in a good position that they've um, they've got Garoppolo. You know, they can start him and kind of. I think most people say that Lance needs to be groomed for a couple of years, but we all know the reality of the way this position is in the NFL. And Jimmy G goes, throws three picks in a game. Maybe they lose a couple. I mean, how long is it going to take the, the fans at, what is it, 3Com Park to start chanting for uh, Trey Lance? Like it's, I know on paper it sounds like a good idea. Oh, we'll, oh, we'll give him a year. We'll give him maybe a year and a half, maybe two years to get ready. But I wouldn't be surprised to see him start a game again by the end of the year. Um, Zach Wilson looks like he's nine. I know we had all texted about that. Um, he, he just, he looked a bit like a deer in headlights, um, but those picks went as expected. Uh, Jamar, uh, Jamar Chase going to the Bengals instead of Penay Sewell. That one was surprising to me. I, I'm not sure what outside plans or what plans, the, what, what the Bengals are planning to do at offensive line. Um, I mean, I know everybody's joked about around and or joked about passed around the memes of, you know, Joe, Joe Burrow's reaction and, and him getting destroyed uh, at the line of scrimmage as they can't protect him, but I thought for sure they were going to take Pene Sewell. Now, that being said, Jamar Chase, that is going to be an absolutely lethal combo if, and this is a really big if, if they can keep Joe Burrow upright and keep him healthy. Um, you know, who knows? Maybe they've, I know they did some stuff in free agency to beef up that line. Maybe they got some younger prospects that they, that they like. I know they address it in the later rounds too, but they went for a playmaker. I mean, they definitely, if that combo gets going, it is going to be, it's going to be tough to beat for sure. Uh, Like I said, I liked Denver's pick of Pat Sertan. Of course, all the NFL conspiracy theorists immediately said, oh, they're doing that to try to, uh, they're going to try to trade that to, uh, to the Packers as well is part of a deal to get Aaron Rodgers. And then what do the Packers do in the first round? They take a corner. Um this what is the stat? Uh is it nine out of the last ten drafts? They've taken a defensive player in the first round. And the only time they took an offensive player in the first round uh was Jordan Love, was a back was another quarterback. So man, that's that's uh that that one's that's pretty tough to get past. Um so yeah just kind of going back through Looking through Mac Jones uh, going to the Patriots, I think uh, everybody is—I don't know, maybe maybe doing a slightly nervous laugh, wondering what uh, what uh, um, Bill Parcells is going to turn him into and what he can be. Um, it was a little bit sad to see him sit there as the rounds kept going and kind of wondering, "Gosh, is he uh, is he going to get picked, or you know, who's going to end up taking him?" Najee Harris to Pittsburgh at, at number 24. That was one that uh, I know a lot of people predictly or correctly predicted. I thought he was going to be there and um, he's a good fit, man. I mean, we, we talked about it. We talked about the last few weeks, um, just how much we all like, like watching him play and uh, that he has a lot to offer. You can see Mike Tomlin really excited about having him and I'm sure he'll Big Ben, if he can keep himself out of legal trouble, if he just stays super Christian this summer, uh, he'll be stoked to have that kind of talent at the running back position to, to join an already talented running back room. Uh, And then very next pick Travis Etienne going to Clemson. I'm sorry, going to the Jags from Clemson. Um, Is it an exciting time to be a Jags fan? Like, is that an, is that an oxymoron? Has that been said before? I'm not really sure, but I think there's, there's gotta be some reason for optimism. <clears throat> they, uh, they added some cool pieces. I think it's always kind of cool when you have college teammates, uh, reunited, um, obviously you've got two teammates being drafted at the same time and, and Lawrence and Etienne coming from Clemson. And But you look at Jamar Chase and, and Joe Burrow from LSU going to get to see what they can do. I think it's a cool story. I, I think it's, I think it'll be exciting to watch and, um, You know, outside of that, I I didn't really think there were any huge, any big things that stunned me. I know, you know, the Raiders continue to make picks that kind of force people to scratch their head and and, um, not really understand what's going on there. I know the Raiders have been, uh, uh, and I'm speaking, obviously, about Alex Leatherwood. Um, Most mocks I read, and I know a lot of the coverage on ESPN that night, they had him going much lower second, some even as far as a third round, so... I feel like it's kind of classic, classic Raiders to go up and get someone sooner than everyone else expected them to be. Um, But again, overall, I love the coverage. I thought they did a great job. I'm looking forward to, I'm already excited about next year's draft. I did make myself, I saw a headline. There's always like the the draft where they say much, much too early mock draft. And uh, I didn't look at it yet. I've given myself, I guess I made it a week. Maybe I'll look at it later sometime this weekend. Uh, to start seeing what's going on. But we've got the NFL schedule release next Wednesday. Uh, rookie mini camp, I believe is the 15th through the 17th ne- later next week, maybe next weekend. And uh, it's an exciting time. There's more and more plans for stadiums to be full. Of course, we know that COVID isn't over, but as vaccination rates continue to go up, um, it's really exciting time. To- I did want to comment um, on the situation, you know, Juwan James, the, often injured right tackle for the Denver Broncos that John Elway paid a shit ton of money to. And I think he's played 62 or 63 snaps in three years, hurt his knee in the first year, tried to come hurt it again. Vic Fangio kind of called him out later on saying that, uh, he was healthy enough to come back. And I guess it turns out, uh, that he wasn't, or he just didn't play. Then he opted out of COVID last year. And now he is, um, he tore his Achilles, but what makes it really interesting is that he did it uh, working off-site. Um, the NFL Players Association basically set it up with the league that if that happens, teams are not responsible to pay um, a salary to the player. Where normally, if that occurred in the term in in a team facility, uh, they would be on the hook for the player's salary. So that's a pretty interesting. That's an interesting nugget. Um, Going to be interesting to see how that plays out. Denver has had, I think, fourteen right tackles at some point have played in the last, let's see, last seven years. So it's unbelievable. Um, but the bigger story is to see, you know, really what happens if these guys don't want to go back and and work, um, do their workouts at the team facilities. Um, as of right now they're they're not covered and that's something that the the Players Association came up with with the league and it's going to be really interesting to see how this plays out um, going here forward um, and then we're going to watch the Aaron Rodgers drama too I mean obviously I'm probably well not even probably I'm absolutely on the Aaron Rodgers train and, and what he could do in Denver you know some people are saying he's a liner. He's a baby. He just, he's a play for the team that he's played for. Da, 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 da. He makes all this money, but you know, people change jobs all the time in our business. People change gigs all the time. And uh, you know, he feels like the Packers aren't, they're not doing what he's asked them to do. And uh, I think he's got some solid points. If you look at the, the drafting, of Jordan love again, and then you look at or again, then you look at this year, um, taking a cornerback in the first round, the dude wants some weapons around them. And as far as weapons, offensive weapons in Denver and a really, really solid defense. I mean, gosh, that's got to look appealing to Rogers. So we'll see a lot of people are predicting that June 1st is the, uh, kind of the date that we'll see something by I know the the hit to the, the dead money of the Packers will be a lot less. I think it's almost cut in half. If something happens June 4th, June 1st or after that. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what happens, but, again, hats off to the NFL. They did a great job on the draft. Good job, Cleveland. Um, it was a blast. It was a blast watching it. I can't wait for next year already. And look forward to, uh, talking about the schedule release next week. And, uh, we can all figure out ways to justify how our teams are going to go 17 and now
0: right on Joey. And yeah, we'll talk about that schedule release next week. I promise I will be back around for that one, but, uh, yeah, Rob, Dude, draft thoughts? Did you dig it?
2: So this year's draft, um, not a whole lot of surprises for me, Um, especially in the first – well, actually the big surprise for me was Cincinnati not taking – who I thought they were going to take a uh, Sewell offensive uh, tackle for – Oregon. I thought they were going to take him, and but they took Jamar Chase, which you know, Joe Burrow and he played together at LSU. They've obviously got chemistry, um, so you know we'll see how that plays out. But I thought for sure, um, uh, I thought for sure they would have taken an offensive lineman. But uh, yeah, the first top part of the draft, no really huge surprises other than uh, Sewell falling to Detroit. Um, for me, um, I did find the Trey Lance pick uh, to San Francisco being a little surprising. I'm I'm still pretty agnostic about his chances um, and his abilities overall. I've seen a little bit of footage. I, I'm just not really sure. He's got a lot of he's got a lot of uh, he's got a lot of potential, but I, you know, uh, if you know Garoppolo's obviously coming back now, so. He'll probably be under his uh, tutelage. I don't know if that's going to work to his betterment or detriment, but uh, we'll see how that plays out. Um, Kyle Pitts to Atlanta, no big surprise there. Jalen Waddle to Miami. <laughs> I think uh, Waddle uh, definitely provided one of the better moments of the of the draft. You know, last year was so memorable because everybody was at home and in their basements. And but watching Jalen Waddle just peace out on his family <laughs> after getting picked. Uh, 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 yeah, first round pick, uh, the sixth pick to Miami. Uh, he just literally just hightails it out of that little uh, cubicle area where his family was, and and then you know, and then we see uh, <clears throat> a little way down the draft, we see uh, uh, quitty Pay with his mom, you know, hugging her and telling her she's retired. So that was an interesting uh, uh <laughs> juxtaposition there. But um, overall, a good draft. Uh, I, I thought it was interesting that 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 uh, Philadelphia. Traded up from twelve to ten with the Cowboys. Um, uh, they ended up getting Devonta Smith, which I think is a huge upside for them. Um, Cowboys get Micah Parsons. Um, so they got a, a lot of linebackers on that team, but they need some some help uh, with Sean uh, Sean Lee retiring. Um, yeah, I think uh, I think the Jets did well. Uh, no surprise that they, they took uh, Zach Wilson and then, uh, and then they got the 14th pick from um, the Vikings. So he got, uh, they got Elijah Vera Tucker uh, from USC. So looking to protect their investment there. Um, overall, good draft. Uh, I'm, I'm going to give a shout-out to my podcast mates. Uh, I think both of their drafts, their draft grades are pretty high, although I think a lot of people are rating Carolina uh, kind of around the C, C-plus range. But uh, I, I don't know. I, I don't know if um, – you know, J.C. Horn, I didn't know a lot about him. I watched some, I watched some uh, video on him afterwards, and he looks like a pretty fierce uh, competitor, really good uh, cover corner. Um, he'll definitely, I think, make an immediate impact, make that, that defense a lot better. But I think they scored also with uh, Terrace Marshall from LSU. Uh, he got kind of overshadowed uh, by Jamar Chase – and uh, and Justin Jefferson, but uh, he's a really he's a really good, very versatile player. He can line up in the slot. He can line up outside. He's got great hands. He can get up and get balls. Uh, and then Tommy Trimble, uh, I think he'd be a good replacement. Well, not necessarily a replacement for Greg Olson, but eventually become that type of tight end. And they got Chuba Hubbard, who I love uh, at Oklahoma State. I think he could be a, a, a uh, yeah, he'd be a good match. Uh, uh, you know. With um, McCaffrey in the backfield, and plus he could be—I think he could be one of those kind of Darren Sproles, Swiss Army knife kind of players. Uh, I think there's a lot of upside. So I don't know a lot of those guys are going to make huge impacts right away. This, you know, I think it's a good draft for Carolina, looking down the road, maybe a season away, if if everyone stays healthy. Chicago uh, getting Justin Fields. I I, I'm I'm, I'm a big buy on Justin Fields. Uh, I think uh, that's—I hope his talents aren't wasted there. But I think uh, Chicago wins and landing him. Um, again, I'm not a big Trey Lance fan, so I think they definitely won that spot. Um, mentioned Philadelphia trading up, uh, getting Devonte Smith. Still, I think, uh, a great move for them. Uh, and now Denver, um, uh, Joey's Broncos uh, getting Patrick Sertain, who, who I thought the Saints were going to trade up to get. Um, but they didn't. I guess they didn't have enough uh, draft capital to to, to make that move. Uh, but I think he'll be an immediate impact player and we'll take uh, and we'll make the defense, which is already pretty good to great right away. And of course they got that absolute gigantic unit, uh, Quinn uh, Miners. I think I'm saying the same right name, right from some Wisconsin school I've never heard of. Um, definitely eat some, uh, add some much needed interior depth to that line. Uh, again, Dolphins, I think they win big with Waddle and, um, and then the defensive end they got from the U, uh, Jalen Phillips. Um, both Jalens, I think, will uh, will add some value pretty quick to that team. Um, as far as some of the downsizes, <clears throat> excuse me, I, I'm, I'm a little – of course, we all knew Jacksonville was going to take Trevor Lawrence, the first pick, and obviously they did. But I think it got a little weird after that. They, they, they drafted uh, Travis Etienne, who obviously was in the backfield with Trevor Lawrence at uh, – Uh, a Clemson, a great dynamic player, a lot of upsides. He's a playmaker, but I don't really get using that draft equity on him when he's going to have, you know, we've already got James Robinson in the backfield. Who was a, who was a, 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 an undrafted uh, free agent rookie who holds records for the, for all purpose yards in a single season. So I don't really understand what they're trying to do there. That seemed odd to me. Um, Again, I, I go back to Cincinnati um, I'm not really sure. Uh, maybe it was just a flip of the coin um, on whether they were going to take uh, Sewell or Jamar Chase. Um, you know, obviously they had their reasons. I'm a little bit more conservative. I think I probably would have gone for Penae Sewell. I think he is a, uh, I think he's going to be one of those Hall of Famer generational kind of players at that position. Um, so I don't know that, that, that seemed like a bit of a, a head scratcher, but I, I kind of see where they were coming on that. Um, the Raiders every year, I just feel like it's like, who, what that's, I've never heard of that guy. Um, didn't, uh, Leatherwood wasn't really on my radar. Um, I, again, I don't pay a lot of attention to offensive linemen unless they're really, really huge or great. But uh, Gruden, I don't know. I, I, I think post ESPN years, I think Gruden's a little overrated, and he's never really been that great of a draft coach. Uh, they didn't draft any offensive skill players at all. But you know, maybe maybe Leatherwood will keep Derek Carr healthy, just so you know, Gruden can barely tolerate him for for yet another season. Uh, my Saints, they uh, they kind of ho hummed me on the draft this year. I wasn't super. Super in love with, with everything. I mean, we did need help at the defensive ends position with Hendrickson being gone. They took Peyton Turner from, um, from Houston. Uh, I knew a little bit about him going in, watched some, some film. Uh, he seems like, a, you know, he seems, he's a leader. He's a, he was a team captain, uh, had a lot of tackles. Uh, he's, uh, he seems like a really good, you know, f- fit for that team. He's, he, he's a good edge rusher. I will see. I, I, um, I was kind of hoping they really needed some more help at, uh, at cornerback and defensive back. I was really kind of hoping they were going to go that route, try to move up to get 13, but such as that, um, they ended up drafting Ian book from Notre Dame at quarterback. Um, I watched book quite a bit this season, not a huge Notre Dame fan, as you guys probably have heard from past podcasts, but, uh, he always kind of intrigued me. He seemed like a very... He has a kind of an old-school, very much a, a, a physical gamer kind of player. He has a, has a ruddiness to him that I, that I liked. Uh, I think he... I remember him taking a couple of really nasty hits in that Clemson game, that overtime-Clemson game last fall, him kind of getting right up. Um, and that's all fine and good, um, but uh, I'm a little more concerned about his abilities to adapt to Peyton's system and, and being that kind of quarterback. He seems to have... You know his his uh, skill grades seem to be kind of in the c minus to b range b minus range uh in my in my view so we'll see we'll see how he develops um you know i i like his effort i like his his moxie i'm just not sure about if he can make that that uh that transition to the pro game so those are kind of my news and notes from the the draft and i'll look forward to hearing to what uh Joey and Kyle
0: have to say. Oh yeah, I mean it's always awesome to hear what Joey and Rob have to say, especially on voice notes. But uh, I mean, I really dug the draft. I mean, it was awesome to see all those people out there. And yeah, just like Joey said, you know, COVID, I mean, isn't over. Which like I don't think you know it's you know exactly going to be totally eradicated in like the next couple of years. But. Yeah. With all the vaccination rates going on and, you know, with summer approaching, you know, I think we're all pretty pumped about the uh, upcoming NFL season and the prospect for, uh, you know, fans to get into the stadiums and uh, for everybody to uh, enjoy everything safely. But yeah, I love watching the draft. It just got my blood going. And, yeah, I'm excited to see what the Panthers are going to do this year um, with their 17 games. But, yeah, let's move on. Um, Yeah, the only other topic we're going to talk about this week, and I think this hits close to Joey's heart, is that Tim Tebow gets picked up by the Jacksonville Jaguars, reunited with his mentor and old coach, Urban Meyer, but playing tight end? I can't wait to hear what Joey has to say about this. So start this one off, man. Tim Tebow to the Jags. Man, dude, what do you think about that? Tim
1: Tebow getting signed by the Jags. This is going to be really fast and easy. One of the stupidest things I've ever heard. I hope hope the Jags go 0-16 this year. This is such a 0-17. This is such a stupid media stunt. The guy hasn't even played in the NFL in nine years. Just think about that, nine years, okay? And now let's go ahead and bring him in and have him play a position he's never played before. Unbelievable. And by the way, he was so bad at his former position— that all these teams offered him a chance, knowing that he's a good athlete, offered him a chance to play tight end, and he turned it down because he's a quarterback. That's what he does. And by the way, he was such a bad quarterback that he got cut by the New York Jets. How bad do you have to be to get cut by the New York Jets? And I don't want, even want to hear this bullshit about the touchdown pass he threw in overtime against the Steelers to win a wild card game. That was a good throw at best. DT was wide open. That's probably the best pass Tebow ever threw in his entire life. He completed it. They won. And then they got the absolute shit kicked out of him by the Patriots the next week. L.A. knows what a terrible quarterback he is. He gets Peyton Manning and the rest is history. But, but, but this urban mind, this is embarrassing. It's like sli- it's a spitting in the face of, of undrafted tight ends or tight ends that have been cut that are sitting there waiting for work. This is such a joke. I'm so freaking tired of it. Tebow should be ashamed of himself, man. Just just, be rich, have a very pretty wife, be super buff, and be an announcer. You were actually pretty good at that. Guess what? You're not a baseball player. You can't just use the heart of a lion and pray before games and have all this footage of you singing worship songs and expect that you're going to be able to hit a baseball or expect now that you're going to be able to be a tight end, which, by the way, you've never played that position in your entire life. It's so freaking ridiculous. I, ho- I hope the Jags go oh seventeen. I'm so tired of hearing about Tim Tebow.
0: <laughs> well, maybe we should just uh, just call it right there. But uh, <laughs> oh man, I t- I I totally agree. So uh, just for continuity's sake, Rob, what do you think about Tim Tebow? I don't think you're going to have a Rams as good as Joey's. But uh, yeah, man, what do you think about Tim Tebow going to the Jags?
2: Well, here we are. May 2021, and we find ourselves yet again talking about Tim Tebow. I um, I hate to sound like an asshole, but I kind of feel like uh, the Regina George character in Mean Girls. Maybe I've made this distinction or made this comparison before, but... Uh, the Rachel McAdams character, Regina George of the plastics and mean girls. Have you ever seen the movie? It's really good. You should watch it. Uh, has this line in the movie when one of the other characters tries to make a catchphrase or slang fetch. If something is cool or pretty or whatever she keeps calling it fetch and Regina finally gets fed up with it and says, stop trying to make fetch happen. It's not going to happen. Well, that's how I feel about Tim Tebow. Can we stop trying to make Tim Tebow happen? Or, better yet, can Tim Tebow stop trying to make himself happen? At least as a pro football player. You know, he's been out of the league for almost uh, eight years now, at least starting uh, when he was at the Jets. I know he made practice squads for, for, for New England and Philly, but he hasn't started on a team since, I think, 2013 with the Jets. Now, Urban Meyer, his college coach and mentor, and now head coach at, at uh, Jacksonville is going to give him another chance. And look, I, I know he's got the heart of a champion. He's, he's in shape. He's a, he's a very good athlete. Um, but he's never started or played tight end professionally. It, at least I don't think he has. He, maybe he's taken a few snaps. So so why now? Well, I think the why now is because Urban Meyer, that's Why? You know, Meyer obviously sees something in him and values something in him that can contribute to the team, but but how is that going to translate so many years later at the pro level where he hasn't really succeeded before? Um, I think that's going to be one of <clears throat> Meyer's downfalls as a, as a coach, is being able to translate his, his game and his worldview to the pro league because... As we've all seen over the years, you know, some people just can't make it. Every year we see great athletes, you know, kill on the field in college, and when they get drafted, it just doesn't translate. And I don't think Meyer will be any different. You know, but it isn't 2008, and it isn't Gainesville. This is the NFL, and and like I said, it's it's many years later. You know, a few seasons in this league can probably feel like, uh, you know, on paper like a decade when it comes to the the metrics of the sport and how quickly it changes i mean just like how the the the, the tight end position has changed over the years you know the standard bearers now are are the body types and the skill sets of guys like gronk travis kelsey jimmy graham george kittle you know these are the these are the uh the standard bearers like i said you know this is the skill set you need <clears throat> you have to be big you have to be fast you have to be able to block. Can Tebow block? You know, I don't know. I've never seen him. Um I think I think Tim Tebow is something like 6'3, 230, 240. And and while that's not small by any measure, you know, he again, as I said before, he doesn't really have any experience of the position. I, I think he'll get crushed. You know, I mean shit, even Kyle Pitts, uh, you know, coming out of a, uh, coming out of Florida, he, he got drafted by Atlanta. He, I think he's like six six, two fifty. And then there's Tim. You know, like I said, he's, he's got the heart of a champion. You know, they say he's got a, he's a great athlete. He can adapt. He said, that's all fine and good. You know, there's nothing wrong with sentiment and belief, but we all thought Johnny Manziel was a great college QB and very athletic. And it was obvious from the get go, he was out of his, he was well out of his league. I mean, obviously he had other problems to deal with, but, but on the field, it, it was pretty obvious that he couldn't hack it. And he was great in college. Look, Tebow was a very good system QB on teams that were rife with talent when he was at Florida. But he had a very long and oblique throwing motion that didn't translate or adapt to the NFL at all. He got his chances, and it didn't work out. What what makes me or anyone think that it will now? He tried baseball for several years, trying to make it on the um, Mets minor league team. That didn't work out you know I've watched him many times on the SEC network the in-studio analyst he's okay he's nothing great you know he's. He, I think he's got just enough charisma to get by uh, so looking at the metrics of his career you know again what, what makes me think he'll succeed at tight end a, a position again like I said he's never played why does he deserve another shot I mean again uh, I've said this before. I think he's a really good dude I, and it's nothing against him personally but but that's what kind of makes this so hard to watch. Like I don't want to see this guy fail, fail, time and time again. So here we are, 2021 post draft, and we have to talk about Tebow. I know I'm tired of having this discussion uh, that we're having to put energy and time into it, but you know we're in this hinterland of, you know, this netherworld of of, of activity in the NFL. It's post draft. Uh, contract negotiations are, are going on left and right. Many camps and, and, and training camp are, you know, a ways off. So we're in this vacuum of, of real issues and stories. And so we have to talk about Tim Tebow for a week until he signs his one year deal with the Jacksonville Jaguars. And then we get to wait, you know, a couple of months until, you know, July and see what training camp brings and preseason and all that good stuff. You know, I'm sure they'll get him in the mix by designing some some direct snap plays or short yardage, you know, passage packages. But uh, again, I, I stand by my belief that I don't think he'll he'll bring that much of an impact to a team that's you know probably not going to be very good to begin with. Uh, I, I think the game is passing by, and and I think he'll be in way over his head. You know. To me, the optics look more like Meyer trying to throw him a bone or or throw him another lifeline. You know, maybe maybe Tebow wants to get into coaching eventually, and and this is how he does it. I don't know. It just seems it just seems like a, a bad use of money, time, resources, team equity on a guy that's that's already been given several chances and not really taken advantage of these opportunities. So here we have Tebow. He's 33. 33 years old, been out of the league for a long time. I think, you know, we can say probably about eight years. Uh, man, that, that sounds really familiar. It kind of reminds me of another really good NFL player. Same age, 33. Uh, he's a quarterback, really good at his position. I think he even went to a Super Bowl. And, um, But now he's not in the league anymore. But it wasn't because he was bad at his job. I wonder if some coach or some other team in the NFL would think about giving him another
0: chance. Yeah, Rob, that was my first thought whenever I uh, saw that Tim Tebow actually signed. I mean, if you're going to give Tebow a chance, I mean, I think Colin Kaepernick needs that shot to uh, prove himself as well because obviously the optics on this are... Completely fucked in my um humble opinion. But um yeah, I just don't see how you can sign Tebow being out of the league for that long, but not even give Kaepernick a chance, you know, when they always talk about him just being a distraction to the media and all this stuff. But I mean, like you don't think Tebow's doing the same thing? Come on, get out of here. NFL, some owner, some team, give Cap a chance. Come on. He is much more capable and functional than Tebow for God's sakes. All right. Well, that wraps up this week's episode of One More Pass. No pod damn it, this week, but hey, I think we might have a few good ones for next week. But yeah, you can follow us on Instagram, add one more pass on Twitter, um, add one more pass. And our Gmail is one more pass pot at gmail.com. And yeah, you all be good to each other. Get vaccinated. And if you're on the fence about it, everything is fine. You can do it. We're almost there. We are so, so close. And we'll see y'all next week. One more pass. And we'll be live next week, not through voice memos. So, hope you enjoyed the show. See y'all next week.